Red Apple Media Podcast Network presents This is Protecting America. Now, here's Emmy winning journalist Rita Cosby. This is Rita Cosby, and welcome to another episode of Protecting America. The Omicron variant is surging across our country, but cases of these overall are less severe, thank goodness. Yet the politics and even school closures, like in Chicago, because of the teachers' union, are red hot. Our next guest will help us sort fact from fiction, real medical information from political theater. She is a Fox News medical contributor and also the author of Panic Attack, playing politics with science in the fight against COVID-19. And joining us now is Dr. Nicole Sapphire. Dr. Sapphire, I have to ask you how much of what we're hearing overall about COVID now is politics versus science? Well, you know, Rita, it feels like Groundhog Day a little bit. I mean, it's almost seasonal. Yes, cases are rising with the seasons, but we're dealing with the same political events each season now with this pandemic. From at the very beginning, spring 2020, we're talking school closures. And then again, we were talking in early 2021 about the teachers unions having influence on the CDC's uh, recommendations for whether or not kids can get back to school and how they can do it. I mean, it's really crazy. And now here we are again. We have so many children out of school because of teachers unions. I mean, it's the science is there. The science tells us that it is severely detrimental to our children's physical and mental well-being to be out of school. And yet here they are out of school again. And again, when we're talking about immunity, you hear the CDC saying, you know what, we're not going to use the term fully vaccinated anymore. We're going to just say, are you up to date? Well, what does that mean? And unfortunately, the CDC continues to make it seem as though immunity is binary, black and white. But it is not. A healthy young teenage boy or a young, you know, 30-something female with no medical conditions is very different than a 65-year-old with, you know, heart disease. So they don't need the same amount of boosters as maybe the more high-risk vulnerable population, not to mention the CDC continues to completely have the wool pulled over their eyes regarding natural immunity, despite the fact that there is study after study showing that If you have recovered from COVID-19, that natural immunity really does provide robust protection. Sure, if you get a vaccine dose after it or before you got infected, you have a much stronger hybrid immunity. But the fact that they completely neglect to account for natural immunity is very upsetting. They continue to push their boosters upon boosters, despite if you have recovered or not from COVID-19. And I think that is a failure of our public health system. What do you make of the reason that they are ignoring this sort of all-encompassing, looking at different things? What is the reason that they're so vaccine, vaccine, booster, booster focused? You know, I think it is that they are trying to just stay on the straight and narrow. They have a message. Their message is we need to get as much vaccine-induced immunity into the population as possible. And they worry if they waver on that, that that may add some more hesitancy or maybe cause people who really would benefit from the vaccine or booster not to get it. But unfortunately, what I think has happened by their complete inability to acknowledge natural immunity, that has caused more hesitation 
more trepidation and ultimately has moved us farther away from the goalposts than, you know, had they been more upfront and transparent. Absolutely. And what about the vaccination or the unvaxxed, I should say, shaming that we have seen just, I mean, amazingly by this president who continues to say, you know, it's the pandemic of the unvaxxed. And then you've got even Emmanuel Macron of France saying, you know, he's going to, quote, piss off all those who are unvaxxed. Uh, This doesn't seem to be working, this sort of, you know, vilifying of the unvaxxed. You know, President Biden has been doing this and really causing great divide for the last year since he took office, uh, essentially shaming the unvaccinated. Um, A better thing to do. Yes, I understand that we wanted to encourage people to get vaccinated. But I'll tell you, by shaming them, you need to use more of the carrot than the stick when you're trying to incentivize people to do something. But now as we're moving forward in the pandemic, first of all, the definition of a pandemic is when you have a pathogen or something causing disease that's across multiple continents. And that's what SARS-CoV-2 is doing. And it is being transmitted right now by people who are unvaccinated, people who have natural immunity, people who are vaccinated, and people who are boosted. So we have a lot of people transmitting it. And not one is more culpable of the other. What we are seeing is that a rise in hospitalization rates in those who are unvaccinated as opposed to those who have been vaccinated or boosted. So he should be talking about those talking points and not shaming people. Yeah, it's driving them away, don't you think? It's not incentivizing people to get vaccinated. It's getting them angry. Of course. Does he really think by saying name-calling and saying things such as that, that that's actually going to convince one person at this point not to get vaccinated? Absolutely not. What they need to do is they need to publicly acknowledge natural immunity and say why they still believe that people, even with natural immunity, say who have pre-existing medical conditions or who are over the age of 65, why it's still important for them to get vaccinated. Stop focusing on the healthy 22-year-old college student because he does not, there's no data at this point to even show that he would benefit from a booster. But yet that's what they're putting all of their effort into is boosting healthy individuals when we still have about 15 million high-risk Americans over the age of 55 with medical comorbidities who haven't been vaccinated. Their efforts would be much better spent getting to those people than pushing down all Americans' throats this booster campaign, which is based on very low-level data. I want to ask you, because you wrote a great book, Dr. Nicole Sapphire. It's called Panic Attack, Playing Politics with Science in the Fight Against COVID-19. And boy, is it timely. And we've seen a lot of examples of sort of the politics versus science. I mean, just recently, uh, the CDC and Dr. Fauci, everybody changed the 10-day of quarantine to five days. And they admitted it's because they only thought the uh, the public would basically tolerate five days. Boy, does that sound like politics versus science. I mean, unfortunately, uh, that verbiage has been going on since the very beginning. Um, You know, Dr. Fauci, as early as when you're talking about masks, he said, well, we didn't want people to go out and buy masks, so we said they don't need them. 
It's like, or you cannot be condescending and you can just talk to Americans and say what the situation is. That transparency and truth will go a lot farther than deception. And so when it's coming to, first of all, I have been advocating to lessen the quarantine and isolation times for a long time. It is way overdue. There's not some new science coming out showing that they can do this now. It's been there. Now we're just in the midst of a massive worker shortage and we need people to get back to work. So that's their impetus behind doing that. But it's a good idea. They needed to do it. But again, it shouldn't have been so black and white. It shouldn't have been, all right, everybody after five days, if you don't have symptoms, go on back to work. And by the way, you don't need a test because uh, if we told you to test, you can't get one because the administration decided not to double down and reinvest in testing. So we're not going to have the testing a part of that. Um, but then there was pushback there. Uh, specifically, think about where I work. I work mainly with patients who have cancer, many of which are immunocompromised. There, st- there should have been a caveat. If you work, if you work or live or are around people who are immunocompromised, perhaps then you should extend that isolation period to maybe seven days, or maybe you should then make sure you get a test at that point. Um, but the way, again, the way that it came out, it's just a communication failure, which is par for the course these days when it comes to the CDC. You know, you see that they're trying. They're trying to figure it out. They're, they're months behind. They've, they continue to be months behind. But even when they do finally catch up with what the science says, they fumble it. And now and then it just causes a media frenzy and everyone just throws their arms up in the air because they don't trust them anymore. Yeah, there are so many messages. Um, I want to touch on um, school kids, too, because obviously we've seen what's been happening in Chicago with the teachers union. And just like you said, I mean, there was a new report of the CDC announcing that reported weekly deaths in the age 18 to 29 age group. It dropped. It was one in five million. Now it's zero in five million. Um, And yet there's still this hesitancy. What's your message to the teachers union? The teachers union at this point, it is it is shameful that they are using children to push their political agenda. The uh, American Rescue Plan gave out one hundred and thirty billion dollars to states and schools, five point five billion of which went to the Chicago public school systems. They've got increased ventilation. They have hundreds of thousands of uh, quality masks. The teachers were prioritized for vaccinations. They have access to boosters. There is and yet they're still calling to not go to school. Chicago Public School District already had one of the worst education rates pre-COVID, and now they're doing it again. And the children are the ones that are suffering, despite the fact that over the last two years, there has been nothing but evidence showing how children continue to suffer any day that they are out of school. And yet knowing that, the teachers are going on strike for what? What are they going on strike for? Could you imagine? They said, when case levels in the community come down, we'll go back to work. Could you imagine if the rest of the world decided to do that? Well, you know what? There's a lot of community transmission right now. I think I'm not going to go work at the grocery store today. I think I'm not going to be a doctor today. I think I'm not going to do anything. Why is anyone accepting this? This is a job that those teachers are paid to do. And if they don't show up, They should be fired.
Yeah, I think a lot of people definitely agree with you. I certainly agree with you. I think it's outrageous. Um, Speaking of also outrageous, on the other hand, the whole lack of testing has really been astounding. And in terms of access to tests, we see it all over the country, these long lines. And now we're seeing reports that through Vanity Fair and elsewhere that the Biden administration was basically told, hey, listen, you're going to need this. There's going to be a wave as you're talking about the sort of Groundhog Day, if you will, um, and the seasonal issues with the virus as virologists and and experts like you certainly know, Dr. Sapphire. I'm not anywhere near the medical person by any means you are or or anybody, but I knew, okay, flus come back and also viruses come back in different forms, obviously, when the weather gets cold again. Yet it seems like this administration was flat-footed on tests. They were in denial. Why Why were they in such a denial? What do you think happened, the politics of this? You know, Operation Warp Speed did an incredible job at getting, busting through the administrative and bureaucratic bloat to get forward things that we needed in crisis. We needed vaccines, we needed testing, and so forth and other things, and it did a great job at doing that. Uh, when the when Biden administration took over, they doubled down on the vaccines. They said, this is our way out, this is what we're going to do, we're going to do everything possible, invest in these vaccines, get them to as many people as possible. And then when the vaccine efficacy started to wane, they're tripling down now on the boosters. Well, what they decided not to do was reinvest in the the tests. They didn't build a robust supply of these tests. And, you know, and it's not just Omicron. It's not, we're not just seeing the testing shortage in Omicron. We were dealing with this at the very beginning of the pandemic, which was maybe a little bit more understandable, seeing as it was a new virus and we didn't know how to test for it. But I talk about in my book some of the missteps that happened in the early on in the pandemic. And I had the benefit of um, interviewing President Trump at the time. And I asked him, where are these tests? And, you know, it was a complicated situation. But Joe Biden took over and we had tests and they decided not to reinvest in them. We had testing shortages during the summer Delta wave and going into flu and COVID season. They didn't double down. They didn't get the tests up to par. And now you have people standing in line trying to get them. And it didn't help that you had Dr. Fauci and everyone else, CDC Director Walensky and everyone else saying, if you want to get together for the holidays, you can, but you need to serial test. So what did people do? Seemingly otherwise healthy individuals just went and they bought up all the tests. They hoarded the tests. So then people who are sick or who are around the vulnerable have no access to tests. It is a complete disaster. And I blame it solely on the messaging. Yeah, the messaging was a disaster. It was horrible. I agree with you. Dr. Nicole Sapphire, where do you think we're headed now for folks who are listening? Um, what do you think's ahead? Do you see other machinations, other variants that will maybe be uh, less severe even than Omicron, which would be great if that's the case? Hopefully no variants, but even the ones that come less severe. What do you expect? I think, you know, the severity of the variants, you know, they'll, they'll probably continue to lessen, you know, just like we deal with seasonal flu every single year, you're going to have some variants that are a little more pathogenic, some that are a little less, but the more, you know, time that goes on, the more immunity that we have in our, in our country. And really it's the hybrid immunity, the combination of the vaccines and the boosters, the natural immunity that's going to push us forward. But what has to happen is we need to make sure that as Americans, we get to the healthiest place 
we can individually. My first book, Make America Healthy Again, talks about that, saying, hey, there's no amount of government policy that's going to fix this. And I feel that same way when it comes to COVID. We have a healthcare crisis in the United States. You know, we have a lot of preventable illness and it's very expensive and our health system is constantly in a crunch. We're seeing that. We're feeling that with COVID because we already run very full in our hospitals all the time. And what renders us sick to COVID? Pre-existing illness. So if we as individuals heading into 2022 can make a few commitments to ourselves, our family, our friends to just try to live a healthier life, I think the longer we go on building this hybrid immunity and this wall of immunity and get into a healthier place individually, I think we're going to be a lot better off. Yeah, making uh, those part of the New Year's resolutions for sure. Um, Dr. Nicole Sapphire, fantastic to always have your perspective. Uh, The great Fox News medical contributor and also author of your second book. You talked about your first one there and your second one uh, is also so perfectly timed. Panic Attack, Playing Politics with Science in the Fight Against COVID-19. It is so awesome. I encourage everybody to read it. And boy, it is spot on based on everything happening right now. Great to have you here on the podcast. And thanks for all you do to protect America. Dr. Nicole Sapphire. Thank you so much for having me. And everybody, I'll be back soon with another great edition of Protecting America. And of course, you can catch me every weeknight, 10 p.m. to midnight on the legendary WABC Radio. This is Rita Cosby, and thanks for all you do to protect America. Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.